Welcome back, folks, to Two Bits One Puck. I'm your host, Mr. Intangibles, and a mouse chasing boy, Dan Masters, with my good friend, the founder and president of the Leon Drysidle fan club, and a man whose team sucks. Well, if you're human, well, how you doing? I'm, uh, I'm, I'm very well, thank you, Dan. Very well indeed. <laughs> <laughs> I do, uh, every now and again, I think, right, here we go. Here's my, uh, here's my, <laughs> my opening soliloquy for when Dan asks me how I'm doing. And he just, just fucking have to, have to chuck something in there to, to knock me off balance. Yeah, sorry about that. That's right. I will quickly start this with a story that clearly the rodent community was listening last week <laughs> after our fabulous Magawa chat because somewhere in this house there is a dormouse and I can't find it. <laughs> oh, how, how how do you know he's there if you can't find? Because it? I saw it he's... the other night. Go on. I was going to say you're familiar with the term, um, the phrase, popular phrase, "live and let live." Dan. Yeah, but. That doesn't work when there's a mouse in the house and there's two women in the house who do not like the idea of there being a mouse in the house. So I'd maybe live and let live, but for the fact that they can be little bastards and chew through wires and shit like that, and I don't really want that to happen. Yeah, I'll give you that. So, yeah. I came I came back downstairs the other night, because as you know, I am a, I'm a night boy. So whenever my wife goes to sleep, I just come back downstairs for a bit because I can't get to sleep myself. So I'll kind of pot around or playing a computer or listen to a podcast or something downstairs and I turned the light on and this mouse looked at me went shit and then ran under a cupboard and then That's I went to get something <laughs> alas it is not a Michelin star chef I then went to get something like a box or something to try and catch it came back in looked under the cupboard mouse is gone and then I just Spent half an hour looking around the living room, looking in the kitchen, and I just couldn't find it. And I just thought, well, I'm not turning the house upside down at half past 11 at night. So, I mean, for the time being, it's live and let live, but there is a trap set. So, at some point, we might hear a crack, and that'll, uh, that'll be the end of that mouse. When I uh, when I was living, when Grace and I, rather, were living in a student house with a couple of her mates, all, all these moons ago, uh, there, was a, there was a mouse. There was a mouse. Um, saw it. Done seen to it. We done seen the mouse. So I, I laid a little trap. Come down the next morning. Trap's fucking gone. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's fabulous. It's fucking beautiful. He's he's seen it. He's like, right, I'm having that. <laughs> you fucking do me with that, can you, son? We we never saw the mouse again. He's gone back to his. He's gone back to his mouse family and gone. They left me a present. Aren't they cool? Look at this, mate. It's proper. <laughs> it's so nice. Proper snug. This. Yeah. Stuck a little bit. Thinks it's a fucking bench pressing or something. Stuck <laughs> like a hammock. They left me something to exercise on. It's this fucking like yoked up mouse is going to come back in. <laughs> yeah, I love the idea that he's a proper tongue and it's just like clamped down on his neck. And he's like, nah, not having that. Pride it off and go and lob it <laughs> yeah. up the fence. More, more like. We've actually that. had, we've actually had three or four mice in this house because okay. we live in a, not in the countryside, but there's a lot of greenery around us. So it's not the first one. And he, and he won't be the last, I'm sure. And he won't be the last, no, he won't. Fucking mice, mate. What can, what can you do? Like, like you say, if, if they weren't having a tear on your, on your wire and that and chewing through your cereal boxes, they wouldn't be wouldn't bother me. Yeah, I wouldn't mind so much, but they do. So, what can you what do? What can you do? Anyway, let's get on with it, shall we? The, uh, the two Brits, one puck curse continues, <laughs> as this year it's your team that fails in its quest. Next year it'll be my team, so we'll be back on the Bruins then, I'm sure. Uh, it, Go on, mate. The, the floor is yours. Have a little... Get your thoughts out there of your uh, your beautiful Dallas stars. 
Well, I'll, I'll just refer people back to the the start of last week's episode because <laughs> same again, same again. Can't stay out of the fucking box, and you pay for it. But I think I think that the general consensus is one that I would agree with. Like the stars had no right winning that final. I, I know it's any any team's game when you get there. Yeah, you got to be in it to win it, etc., etc. But fucking hell, like Tampa is such a. Up until the Stanley Cup was handed out, the, to the end of Game 6, we'll cover what happened after Game 6 later, I'm sure. But up until Game 6, they were the sweethearts. Like, a fantastically run organisation, from what we see as members of the public. Drafted great, developed well, signed the right kind of players, you know, didn't fall victim to, like, all oh, Stamkos is cooked or whatever, let's, let's trade him, or let's fire John Cooper, whatever it might be. Like, they fucking... I'd, I'd argue probably the best run organisation in the league. Probably. So, like... Yeah, I think so. They deserved it. Not only did they deserve it by their merits on the ice, but off the ice as well. Like, fucking hell. If if we as progressive hockey fans want the game to improve, I think there are worse teams to model the rest of the league after than Tampa Bay. So it was... It was as much as I obviously wanted the Stars to win, if they were going to lose to fucking anybody, I'd rather it be... Tampa, yeah. You know, imagine if it had been the fucking Islanders. They'd love to the Islanders. I'd have been. Well, we. I'd have been. I'd still be crying. I think. <laughs> yeah. And they they put on a fucking show in Game Six, didn't they? Absolute masterclass. Yeah, they did. Just, mate. They out Dallas to Dallas at the end. Yeah, yeah, and and the skills shone through as well. It was it was fantastic. It it really was. I <laughs> I feel a bit for people like. Like Ben Bishop and, and Rick Bonus especially. Like, but Bonus is a weird one because obviously now he's a head coach, so you'd argue that he's in a better position. But it's it's like it's like if you used to be in in like a lottery pool at your old job, and then uh, <laughs> then you leave it because you think, oh, I've, I've got a better opportunity elsewhere. Let's go, and then that lottery pool pulls fucking the Euro millions. They're all, they're yeah. all rolling like forty mil each or whatever. You bump into them. It's like, I'm, I'm having a good time. I'm having a better time than I was. But you've uh, you've kind of tranced me there. Yeah, for for the stars though, fuck knows what's going to happen. Talk of uh, talk of John Klingberg being on the fucking trade block today, which is mental. Shut up. I'd, it's that time. Of, I would say time of the year, but it's not the time of year. That time of the schedule, time of the season, where you get fucking crackpot trade theories being thrown out left, right, and centre. So it's hard to know how much stock to put in it. But yeah, it's been. Rumours are out there that John Klingberg might be available, which is fucking mental. Hank, sorry, this has caught me fucking totally out of left field. And there's crackpot trade theories, and then there's trading an elite defenseman who's on a four and a half million dollar a year contract. Like, how long has he got left? Has he still got like two or three years I think left? He's got like three years left, yeah. <laughs> All right, don't get me wrong. If the, if the rumour is he's going to the Sens for the 3rd, 5th, and 28th pick. All right, maybe now I'll listen I'll, to I'll, you. I'll consider it. Who the fuck is trading John Klingberg yeah, on that deal? fucking year, just because he's... It's a bit like fucking Eric Carlson. Like, oh, people think he doesn't play D when he does. He's, he's just one of those players that ends up getting maligned for basically no reason whatsoever other than he's skilled. Like, he's, he's so good that he gets fucking rinsed for it. And he, play, he played well in the playoffs. He didn't even have a bad playoff or anything like that. You, I, if I was a GM, I could not put my hand in my pocket quick enough to pull out an amount of cash in this 
you know, it's in like, you know, the back of a pub theory where some dude comes in and goes, yeah, mate, I've got some Klingbergs if you want them. You know, fucking hell, yeah, I'll take a couple of Klingbergs. Yeah, I'll do, mate. Great. If you, if you fancy them. Yeah, if you fancy it, I'll uh, meet, meet us around the back in a bit. All right, yeah, sure. Like, why yeah, would fucking, you trade? John? Especially on that contract. That contract is ridiculous. Right. Oh, it, to be fair, it's only got two years left. Still. But still, mate, 4.25 for an elite offensive oh defense. Oh, God, 4.25. <laughs> That's the most mental contract ever because he, he signed it after like after his rookie season. John Klingberg is such a fascinating player to me, such a fascinating like development curve. Drafted in the fucking fifth round in two thousand and ten, and then doesn't make his NHL debut until two thousand and fourteen, and then just fucking tears it ever since. Ever since he's been on the tear, hasn't hasn't even had a down year. Closest thing to a down year was. This year, where he had thirty-two and fifty-eight, right, and that was on a on a team where the entire team couldn't fucking put up points for for Toffee. Are we are we sure that's not one of those some some of the stars podcast? Two dudes in Dallas fucking dicking around in their living rooms like we do, and one of them went, "Let's start a rumor." All right, yeah, <laughs> see if anyone buys it. Okay, okay. yeah, let's do that. How about Klingberg? Oh, that's a good idea. Let's see if anyone buys this ridiculous I, trade. I would be genuinely surprised if they. If they do actually trade him, but it's just—it's one of those ones. It's like the whole fucking hate for Tukaras kind of thing. You just think, why is this even showing up? Yeah, like you always say, you trade away John Klingberg, you're not getting John Klingberg back on that contract. No, like, All right, fine. You can—you you want to trade him for the first person that came to mind was Alex Petrangelo, only because he's been everywhere the past couple of days. But just you know that kind of thing. You're not getting that mm. player back for 4.2 million. There's no way. No, there is absolutely no way you come out unless you package him. No, there, there is no way that you trade such a great value player for something that's remotely resembling what you'd be getting rid of. No, I think you, if you're going to trade a defenseman, not that they have to or should do, but I'd, I'd trade Essa Lindell. He's on. He's on a worse value contract. But he plays a style that's going to be valued around the league. Like guy can skate, plays solid D, plays physically, and he can shoot. I saw someone today compare him to a um, like an off-brand Shea Weber, not in like a disparaging way, but like that's the kind of game that he plays. Yeah. And mate, yeah, like I reckon you'd be closer to getting fair value back for trading Lindell than you would Klingberg. Christ, that's caught me totally off guard. What were you saying? What, sorry, what were you saying before Fucking that? What were we talking mental. about? I can't remember now. Uh, <laughs> just talking about next year. I, I, I don't know what next year is necessarily. Oh yeah, old, yeah. Because there's, there's a lot of fucking old players on that roster. And I, think, I, I know, I know. It's a it's a point of humour at this stage, but like, yeah, they weren't good enough to be in the Stanley Cup final deservedly. Do you know what I mean? So, I, I worry. Yeah, this team could easily take a massive drop next year. Easily. All you need is Joe Pavelski to fucking start looking like he's 36 or however fucking old he is. Radulov to, you know, Radulov's going to be 34. Ben's going to be 32. That's a, yeah. There are enough players on that roster that could easily just go like that and be like, all right, we're we're genuinely shit now. Yeah, we always say, yeah. We always say, don't we, the fall off the cliff is rapid and quick. It's just one day... They're good players. The next day, they're not very good anymore, and it's a terrible contract. No, exactly. Jamie, did you so, see? Did you see Jamie Ben's uh, post-game press conference? 
oh no I, I heard about this but I haven't checked it out isn't he like crying and shit yeah he was very very emotional and I think it shows well that the stars are soft and that's why they're failures so we'd like to discuss <laughs> that point <laughs> which is the, the problem with bunch of softies crying, Dan. <laughs> I feel for Jamie Benn because he's become a bit of a point of derision because because of his contract because yeah. he's suddenly not as good as his contract yeah. when he signed a big contract at the peak of his career and then has understandably, as as is the case of a peak, gotten worse since then. But like he's a fucking great great player, heart and heart and soul player sort of thing. Like and I don't know about like his personal politics or fucking whatever, but like as far as off ice interviews and like his his personality that he seems to bring to their team, he he's a good enough guy. I think as well is that and I've heard everywhere mention this over the past week is that losing a cup final normally is soul-destroying. Losing this cup final, oh my God. You go through all of that. You don't see your family for months on end. You are, you are literally prisoned in fucking Edmonton for, what, two and a half months, two months? You can't do anything else. It's just hockey, video games, cards, hockey, bed. Hockey, bed, practice, cards, video games, bed. This is it. That's all you're doing, and you're going stir crazy. You don't get to travel. Don't get to go on the road. I know. I know. Sometimes, obviously, the teams before will, if they're on the road on a get after a game, the next day they'll have a day off. So they'll go and play golf, or they'll go and see the sights, or you know, they'll just try and decompress and relax. And okay, you know, families are out there. It's all nice. This is like, can you win the Stanley Cup in a prison? And to get all that way, to get all that way, and we've said it before. This is it. There's one trophy, there's one winner, and everyone else is shit. <laughs> you get to the final and you lose. It must be, God, it must be soul-destroying. It must be fucking awful. Mate, absolutely. Like, like you say, two, two and a half months in there just to play the loser. You know, you're yeah. to perform as the loser in the Stanley Cup final. Same difference as going out. Might as well have fucking called it on, you know, hit the nail on the head after the fucking round robin. Yeah, you're right. Like, nah, fuck it. We're going home. At least if you get bounced in the first round, you get to fucking go home. <laughs> I can see my family and kids. Jesus. <laughs> oh, my God. Should we talk about... I hadn't even, even thought about that. Yeah. I was going to say, do you want to quickly touch on Tyler Sagan's <laughs> head, shoulders, knees and toes injuries? <laughs> <laughs> was it Sean Shapiro who said something like, you're not going to believe this list of injuries when it comes out. It's going to look ridiculous. Fucking hell. And, and the proper the proper list hasn't even come out yet. No, it? it was just rumoured that it was like his groin, his knee, his hip, and his hand or something like that. So fucking hell. They're gonna need to I rebuild him like the six million dollar man. I hope that you know you get like a sports science fucking infographic for these are the muscles and parts of the body you need for ice hockey. And I hope that every bit of the body listed on that infographic is fucking injured. It's bright red. It's <laughs> fucking shit. But that's that that age old question, isn't it? Sagan's playing at what was he playing at then? Fifty percent, forty percent. I mean, clearly he wasn't right. Fucking he wasn't right for was. ages. Oh yeah. Or is it not better the second he gets injured? All right, player X, you're now going to play. Off you go. And then by the time you know he gets two or three games under his belt, maybe he's better. You know, not better than Tyler Sagan, but you know, he's acclimatized, ready to go. He's you know feeling confident and all that kind of thing. So, Jeff Sagan at forty percent, or another player at one hundred percent. 
what I should have done is maybe limited his minutes a little bit. Something like, I don't know, two minutes, 47 games, something like that. <laughs> Might have been more effective. <laughs> I know, even that. Fucking Steven Stamkos had a sports hernia. Dude, hernias sound more... You know what, her, her, a hernia is one of those things when you're a teenager that you kind of... I've, I'd heard it as like, oh yeah, like football, like oh, I had a hernia. I'm like, oh, okay. Not actually understanding what it... Dude, they're fucking awful. They sound horrible. Is it... So it's a, it's a bit of muscle that's protruding through like the... Yeah, I, I, I don't get it. I know it's a bit of muscle that like sticks out, but... What does it like break and then stick out? As I always got it, well, maybe I'm wrong, but as I always understood it, it was a part of muscle that would kind of tear and then protrude through like part of the bone or something like that. And it sounds fucking horrendous. So Stan <laughs> goes as his sports hernia, plays, scores, and then it's fuck it, yeah, I've still got my sports hernia. Like, what? See you later, I'm done. <laughs> I've, I've fucking had enough. It's just mad. Mate. Jesus fucking Christ, that's rough. One uh, one thing that I did, yeah, I, I'd always forgotten to bring it up, and I'll just I'll just fucking throw it out there. I don't, I don't know if you've noticed, but on the Stars power play throughout the cup final, and it feels like fucking all year. Going to Sagan on the one timer, they they haven't scored on it for a very long time. So it's like it was it was getting so frustrating to just watch it time and time again and tee up Sagan for that one time and just not fucking go in. Like, how many teams are going to have their primary weapon on the power play not work and then still stick with that primary weapon time and time again in the most important games of the year? It was, it was just baffling to watch. I would say, though, probably 95% of them because that's what they do, don't they? Yeah. It's what it's what they know. That's what they know. That's all they know. One timer on your on your shooter's strong side and yeah, bish bash bosh. Hope it goes in. Do you see Mike, a friend of the show, Mike McCurdy had his um, Sagan stats that he had forty. He took forty seven wrist shots during the playoffs and Jesus and didn't Christ. score on any of them. Yep, that that sounds about right. Yeah, <laughs> and you just think and they, and they still mad. made the fucking final. That's the problem, though, isn't it? Is that you can say. Why did you? Well, I can, I'll say you like I would say. Why would you bother playing Tyler Sagan at forty percent or fifty percent? Well, the argument is, we were still two games away from winning a Stanley Cup. The facts are right there in front of you. Doesn't matter if it worked or not, because then you can just make the argument of, oh well, he was a distraction. He did other things. He took players away from the puck. He made, made he made defensemen move out of the way. You know what? Maybe he did, because. If, if Sagan's on the puck, maybe two players are thinking, oh, maybe I should move a little bit and try and close them down. Instead of if it's, I don't know, anybody, anyone else on the Stars, they're thinking, I'll, I'll, I'll just leave him. That's fine. I don't need to go and cover that. I don't know. That guy's already got him. I'm not bothered. So, I mean, maybe it did happen. Maybe it works. That's why, you know, maybe that's why they do it. I don't know. It's like that thing in um, Last Dance, isn't it, when Scotty Pippins. Like dead, yeah. But the was yeah, back pain or whatever. Yeah. It's like just chuck him out there because he's 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 more important, but he's more useful as a decoy than uh, than he is off the off the court sort of thing. It's true, but anyway, commiserations, mate. Commiserations. Thank you very much. Thank you. It's um, yes, it's, it's an odd one, isn't it? It's an odd one because it just already feels like all right. That might have been a million years ago. Who who cares, mate? I couldn't. I, I swear, I swear, I can't remember what day the cup final finished. I can't remember what day it was. <laughs> and it was this week. 
but I can't remember what day. Is it Monday? Tuesday? I generally can't remember. Monday. Monday. It was Monday. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't remember. Yeah, this, it's this week. So long ago. And it's not even like anything major's happened. No, nothing's happened. Nothing's happened. Because like, I, I put on Twitter before, like, the Stanley Cup's been over for days. Where the fuck are all my trades? Come on. This is <laughs> what's happening. I'm waiting for these dominoes to start falling that people keep talking about and nothing's happened yet. I should bring up, actually. I reckon, Dan. I reckon um, people are waiting for the draft. Yeah. <laughs> I think you're right. <laughs> I am... You mentioned the Lightning before and you have to... We should quickly touch on them and... I'm not happy that the consensus best team on paper ended up being the best team. That's not what's meant to happen. That everyone was just like, well, yeah, I mean, Tampa's probably going to win it, aren't they? And then they did. And they, had the be- and they had the best team on paper, which they did. They had the best depth, the best goalie, the best defenseman, the best, the, like two of the best forwards. It's, it's peculiar. I don't like it. I don't, I don't know what you want, Dad. That's, that's enough of a, a surprise for me as a hockey fan, I think. Like... Yeah, so often you end up with, maybe not so often, but yeah, you, you, you get surprise results, or at least if there is an overwhelming favourite, you're more than more than uh, safe in betting against them sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was a nice nice change of pace. It did all come, it all came together though. There was lots of pieces that had to move in the right direction for Tampa and the moves they made. And like I said before, I've said it before, but getting a first for JT Miller. Okay, well, now they can go out and get Blake Coleman and Barkley Goodrow. So instead, before they could only get one of them, they decide to pick up Bogosian. They decide to get Maroon. You know, it's loads and loads and loads of little moves that they realised, hang on a minute, we need to change our style a little bit. We can't just be, you know, going out there winning every game 7-5 because sometimes we're going to come up against a team who's just going to play ultra-defensive and we need something else to change the game. You know, drafting Kucherov when they did, drafting Point when they did. All the somebody made a good—I can't remember who it was—and I get annoyed when this happens, and I'm sorry, but somebody made a really good point on Twitter that the the argument is always, "Can you believe that the Lightning got Point in the third round?" Do you know what? When they got Point in the third round, he probably wasn't that good. He he wasn't this play that you you know he wasn't his trajectory wasn't where he's at now. The Lightning have worked and worked and worked with him. And made him into a better player. It's not just about drafting these players. You've then got to put the time in and the effort and development and all that kind of thing. And I, you know, it's it's easy to say about the players you get, and some of, it, some of it has to come from the players as well, obviously. But if it shows if you're a well-run organization, you can then make something out of second, third, fourth, fifth round picks. You know, if your development's good. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I think I think another thing that the Lightning have done in recent years has really paid off. And no more evident than this year is taking flyers on on players off the bargain bin. Yeah, Shattenkirk, another like one. Kevin Kevin Shattenkirk, yeah. Zach Bogosian, even even Luke Shen to an extent. Yeah. Obviously, he's not a fucking massive difference maker, but he was there. He played some minutes, and fucking hell, you can't you can't deny that if you're playing minutes in a Stanley Cup final and your team wins, you haven't done a decent enough job, can you? No, exactly. Did you? And, yeah, part part of that is their ability to attract those players on such a cheap cheap contract as to make them you know uh, a sort of worthwhile risk reward investment. Yeah, but then it's it's also it's, it's that that uh, self fulfilling prophecy of, of building a good enough uh, organization in the first place to attract those players. So, who's going to be the first team to offer Pat Maroon four years at three million or three years at four million and then instantly regret it? You know his name. You, we all know his name. 
Champ. All right. Begins with, uh, begins with a J and ends with a G. I, what did you say? I said it begins with a J and ends with a G. Oh, who are you thinking? Jim Benning. Oh, shit, no way. I didn't think of Jim. I didn't think of Jim Benning. If anyone's given a full right. line of, who, who are you thinking of? I was thinking of another Jim. I was thinking of uh, Jim Rutherford. <laughs> nah, G- Jimmy Rutherford's had his, uh, had his experiment with, uh, with toughness in the bottom six with Ryan Reeves. I don't know. I don't know. I think I think Rutherford's going to see him as a is a is a winning culture player, and that's where they've got to get back to Pittsburgh. They're going to get that winning culture back. I suppose they've gotten rid of. Did they actually trade Hornquist in the end, or was that all a fucking fever dream that Elliot Freeman poo pooed? Yeah, they did. Yeah, it was uh, Mike Matheson and Colton Sevier for Patrick yeah, Hornquist. Yeah, I, I knew the deal, but there was there was that weird period of time where everyone knew the details, but it just hadn't actually happened. Yeah, it was happening, and then it hadn't happened, and it was not happening for some reason. I think it was something to do with insurance in the end or something. And then it did happen. Oh, shit. But... Well, yeah, so case in point, you've got rid of Patty Hornfist. You've got to get some someone who can do that job for you. Yeah. I'm, I'm interested. I'm really interested. I am really, really interested to see if a team does take Maroon at a bigger contract. Not obviously big, but like you say, a Jim Benning special. Or if he just has to wait again and then some team goes, oh, actually, yeah, we'll give you a million quid. Why not? I think like, dude's got back-to-back rings on different teams. That is crazy. That is kind of mad. Yeah, but it's not. It's not like I feel like he did more for St. Louis than he did for Tampa, though. Um. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. But that's not, not the narrative, not is he it? Was bad. <laughs> he wasn't. He wasn't a fucking impact player. No, but that's not going to be the narrative, is it? Rings make a difference, dude. Oh, mate. Yeah. This is show on training camp day one with your two fucking rings. Like, ah, oh, great. We're all better players now. Yeah, exactly. Fucking cool, mate. Thanks, a guy with two rings from two different teams is so much better in the room than a guy with one ring, <laughs> or a guy who's just one with the same team. <laughs> I like. I I always get the idea with rings in the room. Like, oh yeah, you've been there. You know what it takes to win and stuff like that. But I just don't think that's a fucking realistic sort of difference maker versus an actual skilled player. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But like I've said to you, I am Mr. Intangibles. I There is something to it. I don't know what it is. Because it it, it's an intangible. It's something you can't measure. The impact a player has on his teammates outside of the rink. And it's I, I get I it stupid. I get it. You know, if you... Because there's no way you can quantify it or believe it's something. But does Patrick Maroon with a Stanley Cup ring in that Lightning locker room when he's talking to players, do them them players then think, you know what, yeah, he's got a point because he's won, he understands. I don't know, but I can I can see that why the argument's made. I think I think maybe my problem with it is the way it's framed in that it's oh he knows what it takes to win. He's all, he's a natural born winner or whatever it is. Like Yeah. Yeah, there might be uh an impact that he has emotionally on his teammates. But him He's not teaching them how to win. He's not showing these professional hockey players what it takes to win a hockey game. And frankly, if he is doing that, you've built arguably the worst fucking NHL team that's ever been put together. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, if you've got a team that needs some fucking mid-30s geezers to come in and be like, what you want to do, actually, is um, go out on the ice and leave it all out there, fellas. You'll just skate a bit harder, finish your checks, pucks on net, Bish bash bosh, let's go get the cup. Like, if you're if you're if you're paying four by three for that, fucking hell, mate. I'll I'll do it for four by 
20 quid. <laughs> have you tried have you tried sticking the puck in the back of the net more than they do it? And they'll go, oh shit, yeah, you're right. Oh, he knows what it takes to win. He knows what it takes. That That's that's the thing. Like, If you want to frame it as... Because I think if you frame it any other way, any more realistic way, which is like, oh, he's good at loosening the, the guys up. He keeps, you know, keeps the atmosphere jovial, whatever it might be, you know. Whatever it is that that avoids that sort of uh, clamping up and you know keeps the mood light, whatever it might be. If you label it correctly, that sounds like a ridiculous thing to pay for. Yeah, it does. Like, oh, Pat Maroon's got jokes. <laughs> Let's give him four and a half mil. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right. But yeah, I, 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 I think he will get a multi-year deal though, because because you're absolutely right. Teams are going to get fucking so so horny at two cups in two years on two different teams any yeah any any team that's challenging is going to be right there and because he, he's not he's not going to go to a team now that's you know he's not going to want to start re- helping to rebuild a team he's not going to fucking detroit or ottawa or whatever he's looking at if he if he's only going to get a one or two year deal he's going to be thinking right i mean i want another one now i want to make it like three and three or three and four cool you know where he could go then go on your beloved Boston Bruins. I did. Did you mention before about some kind of weird fever dream? I had this weird fever dream that Patrick Maroon was going to be like, yeah, going to the Bruins. <laughs> I don't know why, but I don't think they will. I don't think they will, but it won't surprise me at all. I, th- I think Cam Neely would want him, but I don't think the Bruins would be able to afford him because I think he'll, after after two years in a row where he's just taking cheapy little one-year deals, he's got to be up for... For something a bit more, a uh, bit more substantial. The, any thoughts on uh, Headman with the Consmith? Anything like anything? I will say the only thing that was hilarious was the picture of him stood next to Batman. That was a fantastic image. Just this absolute oh, I, 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 giant. I, I wasn't paying attention at that point. Obviously, <laughs> yeah, just because he's fucking enormous. Isn't he? It's a funny. It is a funny picture. It's a funny picture because you you don't realize how big. It's like basketball players because they're all fucking huge. You don't realize they're all fucking huge. So then. When one of them stood next to a ref or something, you're like, God, that guy's massive. Oh, yeah. And it's the same with Headman. <laughs> stood next to Batman, and it was like, it was like fucking, um, fucking Gulliver's Travels. <laughs> he goes to like the land of the, land of the little people. <laughs> fucking Batman stood there like an Umpalumpa. Batman is a fucking Umpalumpa anyway, to be fair. Oh, it's true. And he stood next to the fucking hound from, the, from Game of Thrones. Like, Jesus Christ, that guy's massive. He is fucking enormous. Uh, yeah, no, no real opinions on Edmund winning the Consmith. Yeah, he's he's a good player, played well, all right. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. The we have to discuss the celebrations. Fucking hell, fucking hell. Let me now. Hang on. Yeah, <laughs> hang on. Because <laughs> you... oh no, no, you're not, you're not doing what I think you're doing, are you? You know, I like to play. I like to try and play. Not, I don't want. I don't play devil's advocate for the sake of it. But we can't. Like I always say to you, I don't want to sometimes just us come on the show and both say, well, this happened, and that's why. And we both say, yes, well done, we're right, brilliant. Because that's just shit. (laughs) And part of me does believe this a little bit, a little bit. Actually, the first thing I will say is, is any fan who is decrying the lightning for what they did can fuck off their high horse and say, because if you're saying, oh, mighty would never do that, yes, they fucking would. They absolutely would. So let's not have any of that, fans, okay? No team is better. 
They're all as bad as each other, as we've shown a billion times in the past. They're all as bad as each other. So let's not be doing that because your team would have done exactly the same. Now, I do think there's a li- just 1% of me, right, <laughs> thinks... Fucking here we go. <laughs> 1% of me just thinks a little bit, I understand it's fucking terrible out there. It's a bad time right now. But after what these players have all just done and gone through and all the, the fucking like the bubble and all that shit, it's not on them to then come out and be all, what's the word? Like, not pious, but do you know, like this, if, 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 sensible <laughs> kind of yeah kind of yeah you got a bunch of young guys there most of them have just fulfilled their lifelong dream what did you think was going to happen if you didn't want that to happen then that's on in my opinion that's on the state of florida you just say right there's no parade we're going to do the parade later on in the year or something we can't do it or if you want to go we have to cordon off areas we're going to have like you know you seen like at concerts they have like a lot of kind of like your own little kind of seated area now, don't you? You want to do that yeah, or something like that? That's fine. But you've got a but, and it's it's hockey players. They got the it's like the fucking Ashes in two thousand and five. After the, like England hadn't won it for a fucking dog's age, all they're going to do now they've won is go out and just get leathered, and that's what they did. And like I've said before, you go out and get hammered. You don't care what you're doing. You don't care because you're drunk. And I think to just completely decry these Lightning players to the nth degree is a bit much. That's that's kind of, you know, how I feel about it. I think I I understand why they've celebrated the way they've celebrated. And and yeah, it's, it's because they've been you know, pent up in, in a in a prison. In a prison within a prison. A prison within a prison. prison, prison. For uh, for ten weeks or whatever. And then on top of that, they've just what they've just done basically their life's um, the main the main goal of their professional career for however long, and and you know a personal dream for probably ever since they picked up a fucking hockey stick at three, four, five years old, whatever it was. So I understand why, <laughs> but it, but it doesn't excuse it. And and yes, the state of Florida and Bill, whatever his fucking name is, the governor is is responsible as well. But fucking hell! Like, what? I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go into, into, into the village now. Yeah, stab an old lady in the, in the neck. <laughs> be like, ah, should have been more, more police about to stop me. Not, not my fault. <laughs> it's fucking <laughs> mental. It's fucking dumb. Yeah, and, and, and I completely understand. Like, oh yeah, if you're, if you're drunk out there, and you know, if, you, if, if you're out there in your shit face, you don't control what you do. Yeah. I haven't been drunk, Dan, out in public since the fucking pandemic started. Do you know why? Because there's a fucking pandemic on. And the other layer to it is not it's not only because they've had this monumentous achievement, they've just come out of fucking prison, blah, blah, blah. I've fucking all of them have been having to watch Gord Miller, Gord Miller get his end away and they haven't. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'd, be, I'd, be, I'd be cross too. I'd be cross too. I'd have a lot of pent-up energy. But it's... That fucking elitist millionaire, white right wing motherfuckery, <laughs> isn't it? Isn't isn't it? It's like we're fucking young professional athletes. The rules don't fucking apply to us. We don't have to behave as the rest of the public do because we're fucking millionaires and we're the fucking bees knees. 
I understand why it's happened, but it does not excuse it. Does not excuse it at all. And and that goes for goes for the individual players, especially Alex Kalorn, you're fucking cancelled, mate. I don't care. I don't fucking like you anymore. I'm gonna forget that beautiful goal you scored in the two thousand and fifteen playoffs. Fucking over. It's on the Tampa Bay Lightning as an organisation because you cannot tell me there was not a member of that front office that did not understand what was happening and think think for a split second like, oh, we probably shouldn't be doing this. It's on the NHL as a whole. Yes, I get the argument that all oh, Gary Brett, they're not on the the players aren't on the clock anymore. Gary Bettman can't control what they do. Yes, they fucking can. Yes, he fucking can. And then yes, yeah, on it's on the state of Florida as well. Like there are so many fucking culpable people that could have done something about this. It's fucked up. Two things. <laughs> the first thing is the reason you haven't done it is because you haven't won anything. Alright? So whatever. <laughs> <laughs> you got no fans, you got no grand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You tell me Arsenal win the Champions League and they beat Man U 7-0 in the final. You know, out in the street with your top-off party. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> no, I'm fucking not. I'll be, I'll be as I was when the Stars won the um, won the conference final. I'll be jumping up and down on my bed while my wife tries to sleep. <laughs> Fantastic. And the second thing is, right, be honest, right? Be honest. If it's you, you're in that locker room and there's fucking champagne going around and beers and cigars and everyone's having a good time and everyone's like, right, we're going out. Are you genuinely going to say, do you know what, boys, I think I'll turn in. I don't want to do it. Because I don't know. I don't know. I can sit here in my beautiful, pristine ivory tower as I do every week because I'm a God-fearing, beautiful citizen of this country. I don't know if I could say a thousand percent I wouldn't be out there. I don't know. Because I'm never gonna, there's in a in terms of a career, I'm never gonna reach that absolute pinnacle, and then to be like, ah, fuck it, I'm just gonna go home. See you later, lads. It's it's like we say about other things when we compare. You know, oh, what would you do if you were, if you were this, that, and the other? Like, I I do not know because I'm not in that position. Yeah, and to be in that position would mean that I would be a fundamentally different person. I think, and I'd have had fundamentally different experiences rather than if I was on the Tampa Bay Lightning, I would be a, well, I'm still mid-twenties, a (laughs) mid-twenties millionaire superstar athlete who who hasn't had to live through the pandemic as everyone else has. They haven't. As much as you can argue that, yeah, uh, life inside the bubble was was hard for them and and in some ways harder than than it is for for the average citizen, in some ways, where they're isolated from from their family and stuff, there are still plenty of people out there who are isolated from their family. Oh, I know. People, people I know. are in, in worse situations than, than we are. And the amenities and the the situation that the players were in, while, while it, again, in some ways more extreme than your average quarantine, was in most of the other ways probably far more luxurious than we're used to. I just think it comes down to personal responsibility. It's like... It's like when you see people out there in in the streets and and uh, yeah, they're they're fucking filling the pubs and shit like that. Yes, I understand on one hand that the government have said you're able to do that, but it, I still think there is an element of you know you can still be chastised and derided for for acting on that ability. You know, when when realistically, it's not the moral thing to do. It's not the sensible thing to do. 
Yeah, but yeah, but sense and morality goes out the window, doesn't it? All the time. I guarantee you, everyone. I guarantee you, there would have been players in that Lightning locker room the night before who would have thought, "God, if we win this, you know what? I'm not going to go and celebrate because I, I, you know, it doesn't look good." The second that buzzer goes and you win, and they just then start partying, they think, "Oh fuck it, I may as well." No, I, I, I don't agree because I think if you had that thought in your head, then you would you would be wired in a way that you wouldn't necessarily act on that. Like, yes, I completely I get know, that your, your inhibitions are going out the out the out the window once that once you've won that trophy and once you've got got a bit of booze in you and that. I just think that like you're clearly not thinking that way at all because you can't go from you know your your sound mind and body thinking oh, I shouldn't go out because because coronavirus because you know the most infectious deadly disease that's hit our planet for a hundred years killing people left right and center blah 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 like you can't have serious thoughts about the disease and then go out and do what those players did not to lump all the players in together because we all know the fucking star of that show was alex Kalorn fucking licking his hands and then wiping it on people's faces and shit like that allegedly <laughs> yes <laughs> i just made that one up gobbling on people might as well have been probably not but like yeah I, I, I just don't think it's not one of those ones where you're with a bunch of mates and someone's doing something you don't necessarily agree with so you're awkwardly standing at the back while it fucking happens like it's not like you've gone to a fucking peep show and you're like oh, I'm not really about this mate so you're, you're not really involved no if you're going out it's, it's, it's like going to the fucking White House it's like when the Penguins went to the White House and the Capitals went to the White House if you go you're complicit that's what it fucking is. And not to get, I'm absolutely ranting, but I just want to squeeze this last little one out <laughs> before I run out of rage energy. <laughs> How are they going to fucking feel when five members of the team get it, three backroom staff members get it, when there's a massive spike in, in the Tampa area because of this and people lose their lives? Potentially, you could have players losing their careers, you could have backroom staff losing their careers and their lives. It's going to be a completely fucking different conversation. When it comes out, the the fallout of this, not that we'll necessarily be able to prove it definitively, but fucking hell, if you're getting a bunch of people surrounding the Tampa Bay Lightning organization come down with coronavirus, yeah, I, I, I don't think anyone on the box is going to be laughing then. That's an interesting point. That is a really good point. I think that's going to be thank you. Yeah, in a few in a few days, but then I I just I just don't think they'd. Like that come out, would they? They just wouldn't, because it's no, well, no, especially in the off season. Yeah, or they'll just bury it. It'll be that you know, like that Friday news dump you always seem to get. You know, like five o'clock on a Friday. Oh, by the way, this happens. We just want you to let you know there's a new law coming in about this. So over the weekend, nobody oh, can I, kick I, off, and that's you know that's what's probably going to happen. But this is it. Oh, I was sorry. No, I was just thinking back to how Austin Matthews had COVID, and it took Steve Simmons rooting for his bin to find out like I think it will be a similar situation to that but Steve the raccoon Simmons well this is it rather than it being because it's Tampa rather than fucking um, Toronto you're not not gonna have Joe Smith of the Athletic out there fucking room (laughs) room for Steven Stamkos's bin (laughs) so I I reckon uh, there's a chance it won't come out I don't think it would I I don't think it will and just the the last thing uh, I, I, I feel that once again, your your beautiful youthful exuberance has uh, has led you down the primrose path of being well. This would never happen. 
I can tell you, mate, I can absolutely tell you a million percent. In situations way less important than winning the Stanley Cup, you know, like people's absolute life goals, I have seen some unbelievable 180s in my time because of herd mentality. I mean, like, shocking. I mean, I I won't... Christ, I can't say who... I can't even say who or what it is, but... I, I, I've been talking to somebody and they have told me something and literally five minutes after because six or seven people have gone, let's do this. And they go, oh, all right, then. <laughs> like, and I've had serious conversations over 10, 20 minutes with people saying, oh, I'd never do this. And they say, oh, yeah, it's, you know, that'd be so stupid. That would be so stupid. And then five minutes after, they're doing the exact thing. And that's just stupid shit. That's not even, for, like I say, that's not even for your life's, fucking ambition or the pinnacle I, I could totally believe some of those players would have absolutely just done a massive 180 and gone nah fuck it everyone else is doing it why not did this happen when you uh, went down the footy and uh, Salford City got a fucking win over uh, Cheltenham Town <laughs> and like right one of your mates is like right should go and find some trouble like, nah I'm not about that what about that he's like let's fucking get him <laughs> Five or six at the train station in a fight because some guy looked at me wrong. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's we've, shit we've like all that. We've all we're all we're all ex firm, aren't we? Oh yeah, of course we are, mate. All ex. Um, what do they call oh, them yeah. in the fucking? Oh, the ultras, ex ultras. <laughs> yeah, exactly. what do they call them? I can't remember what they called them. I was like, they have a, I was going to say like the, like the Roma fans have a special name, don't they, for themselves? Like, yeah, it's the ultras. Oh, they all have. I thought. Wait, are ultras Roma specific. I thought ultras was just like a European term. For oh, maybe it is. I never realized. I've only ever heard it in conjunction with uh, Roma. So that's just. I just assume that. Roma. But yeah, you're probably right. Actually, did I say should we start the show? <laughs> Don't think I did. Did I? <laughs> no, you didn't. <laughs> no, but that's fine. We will start after the first segment. So it doesn't matter when it is. We we'll just. We we'll just. We we'll go. We we'll go straight back into. It. All right. Should we start the show? Nah, it's too late. We should finish the show. Too late, okay. Yeah, let's just carry on. I enjoyed Bob McKenzie out of left field with a tweet so incendiary it could have been in a fucking Oliver Stone war movie <laughs> it was amazing oh, mate. do you know what I'm hoping right I've even... I'm hoping he's lying on a hammock on the sand to the right is a top hat right on the sand to the left of him is another top hat he just puts his hand in the top hat on the right ruffles around the pieces of paper in there and pulls it out and it says Eichel <laughs> he then gets his left hand ruffles around in that one pulls it out and it says Rangers send tweet <laughs> <laughs> that would have been fabulous. Could have been anything. Is that is that so? What, what did he what did he tweet? I, did, I haven't seen this. It was basically. I go to the Rangers. It was basically a classic Bob McKenzie. Oh, I've been hearing some things. You never know, but I've been hearing people have been talking that Eichel and teams have been asking, and maybe he's not happy there. And the 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 Rangers were a team that had been mentioned. And what would that cost and that kind of thing? And then he sends out a few tweets after that saying, just to be clear, Eichel has not asked to be traded, but clearly he wants to know that the Sabres are moving in the right direction. But it just just out of nowhere. It just came out of nowhere. 
he just I'd say, you know Bob McKenzie he just knows he knows how much power he has over this sport it's just amazing because every single thing and we're doing it now every single podcast or article then was what would it cost for the Sabres to get rid of Jack Eichel like <laughs> oh Bob's just he knows what he's doing he's so smart the Sabres would probably have to chuck in something pretty significant to get rid of such a big salary as Jack Eichel really wouldn't they <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> They'd have to throw in there first as well, I think. It's only fair. I think so. Eichel and Lafreniere for, uh, <laughs> I don't know, Chris Crider. <laughs> yeah. That would be fair, wouldn't it? Just amazing. Just amazing. Fucking legend. It's funny, have though, because won? there was then discussion about, oh, well, obviously, Jack Eichel is currently annoyed with how things are going off and bu- going in Buffalo. I was like, how is this breaking news? Yeah, no, like, no fucking no shit, shit right. he's pissed off. No shit. They're an absolute dumpster fire. Do you know what? I think I think the Sabres might be the worst team in hockey. And let me clarify that. Because they are actively trying to be very good. <laughs> and have been for a few years now. They're not actively trying to be bad or... You know, like Detroit again, like Detroit. Yeah, Ottawa's just Ottawa. Ottawa's place in the league now is just cannon fodder, you know. And Detroit is under the we're going to be terrible because we have to be for a few years to clear everything out and start again. No issue with that. I thought maybe the Sharks, but the Sharks have actually had success. And and this is the Sharks have only had one year of like yes the bottom falling out on them basically. Yeah, I, I think the Sabers are the worst team in hockey. I, th- I think that's I think that's fair to say. Like in the in the seven years I've been watching the sport, like yeah, they've never been fucking good. <laughs> they've always been trying to be good, and I think you can you can argue that like they're they're especially bad because they have some good pieces, and and they've had good pieces as well. Like Jack Eichel is is obviously a fucking fantastic player, yeah. you know, a centre that you build. Build your team around. They've now got Rasmus Darlene. He's he's still early in his career, so you can't necessarily use him as an example of how they fucked it up. For a D-man, like, though, I thought he had a really good first year. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, he's been really good, but still, what he's two years in. Yeah. So like, you can't say no, no. You can't say well, they've been shit for a decade and they've had Rasmus Darlene. They've had like, uh, Sam Reinhart, good player, very good player. I think you know he's not he's not world changing. But he's he's good enough, isn't he? That he's like he's a good piece to have around and stuff. But think about fucking alumni traded away like Evander Kane, fucking Ryan O'Reilly, Robin Lehner. Fucking ridiculous. Like like I say, they've been trying to get better and getting worse and worse and worse. And what did we, what did we say two weeks ago? They've got four forwards signed for next season, and two of those are Kyle Poso and nine million dollars of Jeff Skinner. Oh yeah. So in theory, essentially, they've got two forwards signed for next season <laughs> because I don't know if you can classic Poso and Jeff Skinner now as as hockey players, especially not with they're getting paid fifteen million dollars between them. That's fucking joking, it. It's just shambolic. They're shambolic, and I can't see they have to be better next year, don't they? The ha- yeah, but how? How 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 do you get better? How do they? How are they going to get better next year? They've got they've got Eric Stahl rather than Marcus Johansson. <laughs> Yeah, but you know what's going to happen, don't you? He is going to be that. He's going to be that player we talked about, where, like, 
I don't know, say the season starts January the 15th. January the 16th, still pretty good. January 17th, oh, he's terrible. He is a terrible player. It's, you know what's going to happen? He's, That's what's going to happen. He's, he's going to wake up on, on whatever, December the 20th or whatever. Like, right, here we go. First day of training camp with the new team. Throws covers off. Turn turn around, stand up, and as soon as he hits the the like peak of his standing up, it's like, oh <laughs> shit, <laughs> oh fuck. He just goes over and says oh, to his missus, "I've got a fucking twinge in my back. I don't know what that is." <laughs> he's he's gonna get a head rush from standing up too quick, and it's never gonna stop. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I, that's my that's my uh, yeah. that's my hot take. The Buffalo Sabers and, are the and, worst and, team in hockey. And and if if Stoll does have like a, a fucking drops off a cliff this year, oh yeah, the questions are going to be, oh is he playing bad or is it because of the team? Yeah, and that's just not going to help at all, is it? It is fascinating with players like McDavid and Eichel, and you know what Matthews as well to an extent is how long there are like they are super elite players on humongous contracts. How long do they just shut up and take the money? How long until they just say, yeah, do you know what? I'm fucking sick of this. I am sick of this. I'm just like, my team is a joke. It's an absolute joke. And how long do I wait before I have to fucking turn it around again? I think Eichel's the only one out of those three who's at risk of actually asking for a trade, though. Because Edmonton seem to be on the up and up. And Toronto, as much as they haven't fucking turned into Tampa 2 like everyone thought they should have, they've still not exactly been bad, have they? I don't know though. I'm not lucky to hit. Okay, yeah. If you're, if we're playing like what percentage of of those three players I've just met, because I've just mentioned them, we'll go with those three players. What percentage are they going to ask for a trade? Yeah, Eichel's going to be. Eichel's hundred percent out of the <laughs> yeah. Right. He's over yeah, just to piss off. Just to piss off again for the show, Micah. He's somehow over hundred percent. But hundred and two. He's hundred. Yeah, hundred and two point seven percent. Because because like as much as. As much as like the Leafs haven't achieved what what the internet has decided they should have achieved, <laughs> they're not they're not like the Sabers. The Sabers are a woefully mismanaged organization from top to bottom. They are at least at least the Leafs are, are a trying to do better and and be generally like making decent moves. You know what I mean? I agree, right? I agree. But and the same goes for McDavid. They go into that bubble. And they both get beaten by, in inverted commas, lesser teams. Okay. Mm-hmm. Same thing. Say the same thing happens again next year, or say for some. I just can't. I can't imagine that Toronto is going to miss the playoffs next year. I just can't believe it. I, just, I think they'll get to the playoffs. So, but say they both go out in the first round again, and don't look like they're going to. You know, they get into the playoffs, but everyone's just kind of saying. I mean, they're not going to win it, are they? Clearly, because you know X, Y, and Z teams are better. Playing in those markets, I think, plays a big factor. You're in Toronto, you're in Edmonton. At some point, you're just thinking, you know what, I just need out of this and out of this market as well because I just can't take it. I can't take the constant, like, every single thing I do, every single little mistake or anything. You know, you you give the... Because like I've said, you know, I I listen, like I said, I listen to to TSM radio sometimes and I'll listen to the Edmonton area version I listen to like you would think after they lose a regular season hockey game that I mean they're just like oh you know trade this guy why are they making these moves this is a joke oh my god these players are garbage 
they then win two games in a row and it's all, I can't believe Sheldon Keefe's turned it around. What a coach. Oh, these players are playing great. I mean, Matthews might be the best centre in the league. He's the future Bergeron and all this kind of thing. And it must weigh on these players if, if they're playing in these markets and and have not had any even remote success. Not even close. I mean, they're not neither McDavid or Matthews. I mean, again, an Eichel. But none of them are even close to have had any kind of success as to what they thought they might have at this stage of their career. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you that. But when was the last time a fucking a star player asked for a trade just because they haven't made the conference finals? <laughs> Mate, or the second round. It's not just like the conference yeah, but, finals. But if, or if, it's, even, or it's even, one playoff. If, like in McDavid's case, it's one playoff appearance because the fucking the prelim didn't count. So it's one playoff appearance for the consensus oh, yeah, yeah. best I mean, player in the world. And like I said to you, like last season, Sad Connor, he must go home and just think, the fuck am I doing? What am I doing here? Like, how did I get to this? How did I get to this point in my career? Stared himself in the mirror and said, you're a fucking joke, Connor. You're not even a real hockey player. You're no better than Tanner Glass, you fucking piece of shit. Okay, um, Mr. Connor McDavid's looking in the mirror going, Chris Kunitz has got four fucking rings. This is bullshit. Ah, just punches the mirror. <laughs> Matthew's just kicking his dog. Patrick fucking Maroon again. Punt. <laughs> I think that we we need to look no further than young Mr. McDavid himself. Yeah. When you've got fucking Conor McDavid in interviews, what, two years ago now, was it? Can't have been that long. No, and... Uh, Whenever it fucking was, whenever whenever the Teflon Don was still in our hearts, yeah, and he's doing that interview at the end of the season, and he's so visibly pissed off. Oh, dude, he was so like, fucking done with it. Yeah, if he doesn't ask for a trade after that, fucking nobody's getting traded. Yeah, but then 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 you kind of the organization buys himself a little bit of time, don't they? Like if Babcock's still there, I'm saying the same thing about Matthews. But, yeah, but then, okay, they get rid of Babcock. Any organisation does that and buys, buys themselves a bit of time. Oh, no, I agree. I agree. But there's a th- that's the thing. Like, There's a point at which, okay, you move the Teflon Don out, you bring someone else in. You move <laughs> well, Lou Lamarack. Where Lamar- do you go from there? So <laughs> you, you bring... How do you even... God. Sorry, no, go on. I was going to say, you, you move the Teflon Don out, you bring someone else in. You move out Lou Lamarillo. You move out Mike Babcock. You bring in fucking Sean McKeith, Cal Duke, whatever. And at some point, though, like, even that isn't enough. Because if the, if the Oilers take a step back again this year, it doesn't fucking matter who's in charge. It doesn't matter if Ken Holland's... It doesn't matter whatever. Because McDavid's just going to be like, I'm still here and we're still shit. And again, I'm not saying it's going to happen. I just think it's interesting that those three players like are massive, massive deals and yet all their teams just can't seem to, for whatever reason, just can't. If it's either mismanagement or ineptitude or a style of play or maybe just damn right unluckiness in some cases, they just can't get going. And I just wonder if we're going to see that point where one of those players, like the actual, an actual superstar, elite player, says, "Yeah, you know what? I'm done," in the middle of his contract. Fuck this, I'm off. Yeah, I think I, I still refuse to lump Toronto in with with Edmonton and Buffalo in that respect. But like, it's kind of an argument against the the current draft setup in a way. I think because of course these franchises end up being inept because that's how they end up with the players in the first place. Yeah, but that's not how. That's not how it's meant to go, though, is it? 
If you're the Oilers and no, you have no, four, no, 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 you have abs- four abs- first yeah. overall picks in a decade, <laughs> you're not meant to still be shit. Like you think, like okay, no. we've either got of, four of not, awesome then, players who are playing on our team, or if, we've got like pieces to move around. But it's it's just that sort of yeah. So again, it's another self-fulfilling prophecy in a way where like your your organization is so badly run that you end up with the first overall pick, and then your organization is so badly run that even with the first overall pick, you can't get out of that rut to build a good team. Looking forward to uh, Jack Eichel with the New York Ranger, though. Oh, yeah, can't wait. Can't wait. Uh, we're on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, YouTube, and other places where we can come in your ears. And if you could leave a five-star review on iTunes or a review where you listen, that would be lovely. As always, we are brought to you and sponsored by Wave Intel. Use the fabulous comparison charts for teams and players. There is also a ton of easy-to-read things over the off-season, so you can decide if your GM is an idiot or not for that massive free agent contract. Wave Intel, online and on Twitter. Being smart, so you don't have to. Will, the king is dead in New York. The Lundquist dream is over. I want to come out right out and ask it, is he going to play again for a different team? Yeah, he's, I, I didn't even consider that as an option. Of course he is. He's got, sure. to, he's got to chase a cup, hasn't he? He's got to. You know, you know where he's going. My first thought was Colorado. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Is that what you're going to say? Not, they need... They need a fucking Don goalie. Yep. They're shit hot as it is. Bish bash bosh. Here's a story. Here's a story. You have Hank as your backup. Tutor in. You know, maybe it is Grubauer, but maybe they're going to make a move in free agency. Goalie gets injured. Lundquist comes in. Success. Ah, oh, wouldn't that be beautiful? That would be beautiful. I, th- I think the top two candidates for me are Colorado and Dallas. Oh, yeah. Because just in case, because if Hudobin, after this, suddenly gets an offer that he can't fucking refuse from some other team... Hudobin's going to get a Patrick Maroon like, contract. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, to his to his credit, Giz is 34 years old now, so, like, you can't just keep taking fucking one year, 2.5 million deals, can you? Yeah, that's right. If he's going to get paid, you know, two, even two by four or whatever, you've got to fucking take that, haven't you? Yeah. So I reckon Dallas could be in it if... Um, if Kudobin moves on to pastures new. I just wonder though. Yeah, that's, that's, he's like he's thirty eight as well though. I mean I'd love for it to happen. I'd love for it to happen, but it's still shit up though, I think. I think yeah, he would be as a backup, yeah, for sure. Definitely as a backup. And maybe that you know, like you say, maybe he'd be a, a good goalie in the room, tutor in. <laughs> but joking aside, hasn't, hasn't got any rings though. Hasn't got any rings. Having having one of your you know, having one of the greatest goalies to ever ever play the game, you know, like helping out your guy, like your goalie, ain't a bad idea, is it? Having been like a player coach type thing. Yeah, on it, like you know, I could obviously like a million dollar a year, con- you know, million dollar a year contract or something like that would be. You'd be stupid not to. Oh yeah, I mean most most teams in the league should be banging down Hank's door to get him on their on their roster. Really, so that's something something I thought. Go on about uh, about long fists. Uh, Rain in New York being over. Yeah. How can you retire the number of a player you bought out? Like, <laughs> obviously, you know, obviously it's not necessarily an indication of the way he's played strictly or his, le- his legacy. But at the same time, like, you bought the geezer out. <laughs> as much as it might have been a, um, a mutual termination almost, 
I just it just feels funny to me to because he will have his number retired. Yeah, he will absolutely to, to retire the number of someone who was forcibly removed from your organisation <laughs> at the end <laughs> because he he wasn't playing good enough to justify his salary. Like fucking hell, mate. You're going to retire the number of the guy who was dragged out kicking and screaming by the heavy mob. <laughs> and stay out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're not coming back. It's like fucking... That's how we're retired. retiring Evander Kane's number nine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. It's a funny one, isn't it? It is It is funny. But like you say, it's it's clearly a mutual thing and he know he knew like, okay, I mean, it's either, it's either he gets bought out or they just stick him on waivers or you know and it's kind of like worse that way he just agreed to it rather than have to go through the process of yeah you know well of, we're gonna be removed bobby ryan surprised by that what by bobby ryan being bought out? yeah it was really yeah i'm not i mean i kind of am but but it's still like a sensible thing to do which is why it surprised me because it's the sense and i just assumed <laughs> i just assumed you thought they I assume you get yeah, a, a $9 now. million dollar extension. <laughs> no. Well, no, now Eugene's paying for something. He's just throwing money away, Eugene. That's not very Eugene at all. Yeah, you're right. See, there's another... What do you, what do you mean we're going to give Robert Bryan <laughs> a um, <laughs> money to not play hockey for our team? I know. See, there's a guy. There is absolute... There's Bobby Ryan. Million dollars. Stick him on your fourth line. Perfectly acceptable. Perfectly acceptable. Yeah, but can he can he do a job as a fourth liner? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. But mate, why does Bobby Ryan gets all the criticism and all the because of his contract? Because it's a bad contract. But if you're if you're if he's a million AAV against your cap, fuck, it's nothing, is it? You don't care. Yeah, if he, if he turns into Tyler Ennis, you're you're laughing, aren't you? Yeah, really? exactly. Or pa- pa- Patrick Mar- Maroon. Never mind. Again, no, no rings for young, young Robert. <laughs> yeah, not yet. Oh, anyway, wait, does does Bobby wait? Does Bobby Ryan have rings? Because he was he was drafted after Sid, Sid, wasn't he? No, he doesn't have a ring, does he? Well, he was he was drafted by the Ducks, wasn't he? As we in as we quickly head to the uh, to the computer right. machine. Yeah, he was drafted in two thousand and five. The Ducks win the cup in two thousand and seven. Yeah, but I thought it was that thing where he didn't—he hadn't played enough games or something Aww. like that, wasn't it? Wasn't it? No, he was still in, still in junior. Yeah, there in you 2007. go. There you go. Fair play to him. But he was on a, but he, he was almost, on a team that he had, a ring. had a ring. <laughs> he was on a team that had a ring, so that counts. It's rings by uh, osmosis. He's, <laughs> he's been around many a ring. <laughs> <laughs> older, older Roberto, isn't he? He has. Now there you go, though. Colorado next year, Lundqvist backup goalie, Bob Ryan on the fourth line. Beautiful. And do you know why? Do you know why it's going to happen? Do you know why it's going to happen? Because of fucking Corey Perry. That's why. Fucking hell, he he turned out to be, I I don't want to say worth it, but yeah, he did did pretty well, didn't he? The thing was, that you got to remember, is that if Corey Perry had played the entire season, as in a proper season, I don't think it it wouldn't have gone like that. But he played. He played two halves, so he played the majority of it. Was all right, and then got home to got got to go home and fucking chill and relax and recuperate. And then he came back and I've only got to do. I've only got to do two months of graft in. I'll be fine. So it did benefit him. And but you know now teams going to look at these players who've been bought out and just thinking, why don't I do that? Why don't I get an NHL ready player who is good? Like Bob Ryan's not a terrible player. He's good. No, for like a million quid. 
because his contracts fucking you know, he's really fucking made loads of money anyway. Even even if you squeeze him on your third line, there's a couple of players who know how to play. Yeah, I reckon you get some value out of him for for a million bucks. Yeah, exactly. Again, he's worth he's worth the roll of dice, isn't he? Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, so can I go on, mate? Have you have you seen if I can if I can hijack for a, for a topic? No, go on, mate. Have you seen the Vegas thirds? Yeah, I've mate the gold. Fucking hell! <laughs> Wait, okay. I can never tell with you. Fucking minging. Oh, you don't like them? Oh my god, no way! Mate, they're fucking disgusting. What are you talking about? <laughs> what am I talking about? A gold jersey, and you're saying they're minging? Oh yeah. I- I, I love it. I love it, but they look fucking awful. No, I love it. I love him. It's perfectly Vegas. How can you not love that? It's Vegas. It's Wait, over it's, the top. It's, it's fucking loud and brash and too bright. And cr- yeah, I love it. I'm all over it. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Yeah. It's it's great. I'm glad they've got them, but it's still a fucking terrible jersey. <laughs> no, I like it. I, I love I, it. I think it's it's unfortunate that Vegas came in when they did because it feels like they're now inexplicably linked to, the, to that whole like different colour bicep thing on the jersey oh yeah I know what like, you mean. that's part of their fucking design now because like the, the coaches have done it yeah for a little bit but like it feels like Vegas have decided alright that's our thing and mate it looks so bad on these jerseys with the white and the red <laughs> I don't mind I like it I like they, it they, they I reckon if they if they didn't have the white and they just did all gold with a little cheeky little maybe like a small white and red line, it'd look better. But fuck, man, like I'm I'm so excited to see him. But Jesus Christ, it'd only be better if the red parts of the jersey were made of actual rubies or something like that. Then I'd be like, yeah, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll be all over that then, even more so. Hey. Sparkly helmets. That's what I want to fucking see. <gasps> oh my god! Yes, gold gl- gold glitter helmets. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That'd be beautiful. Fucking sign, sign me up. Sign me up. Jesus Christ! I, I can't believe they fucking did it. You know? Oh, I can. I can totally believe it. It's Vegas. But for the for the whole jersey though, <laughs> that's madness. It is mad. Like saying though, no, that's what I expect. Nothing. If they did just come out with a, I don't know. Like a grey, and then one of the stripes was gold. I'd have been thinking, oh, you're Vegas. Like, surely you could go a bit more than that, a bit wackier. And they've just got, yeah, we're going to go full wacky with it. That's what they did for their fucking home jersey. Love it. Yeah, exactly. But no, full gold. Love it. I'm all over it. I've got to ask you about, I'm not sure where to go with this. I'm not sure how I feel about it. And you're thinking it's going to be something crazy, but it's just a a trade rumour. Is Oliver Ekman Larson good or not? I mean, because I need to know now. He did because apparently the Bruins are like all in on him, and I can't decide. He, he, he definitely was good. I don't know if he is anymore. A, a lot of people seem to think that he's not. But then I'm also I'm also hearing the other side of it. All I'm hearing is, well, what do you expect? He's playing for the fucking Coyotes. Nobody's good on the Coyotes. It's a dumpster fire team. You put him on a team with, like you know, the play the players the Bruins have got. He'll be great. Because they'll all lift him up to their, you know, they'll all lift him up, and you'll then realise, oh, actually, yeah, he's a really good player. He was just on a terrible team. He's got to be as good as Tory Krug, isn't he? Yeah, which is why I'm thinking this trade rumour is making me think that Tory Krug told them in no uncertain terms, "I'm done." You know, like the money I'm going to want, you're just not going to give me. So, thanks, but you know, I'm just not going to sign here because there's no way. 
Because the Bruins are just I, not going to give Tory Krug eight and a half, nine million a year. I just, I'd be stunned. Because when you'd like, when the top players make in, well, it's Krejci, but, you know, when Bergeron, Marshall, and Pasnak are all making six, you know, there's no way Krug's getting nine or nine and a half. But then, but then Ekman Larson's making 8.25? Yeah. Which again is, that's not terrible. And as I've mentioned. And it'd be a shorter term than Krug would want as well. Yeah, exactly. Like, if, if you said to me, oh, do you want free agent Tory Krug or do you want Oliver Ekman Larson? I'd say, oh, yeah, every day of the week. Yeah. And, and I think I would. And it's only, it's only going to be for, it'd only be tight really for the Bruins for one season because next year Krejci comes off the books. And that's 7.25 that then you've got to kind of move around. And I believe then that yeah. your second line centre then becomes Charlie Coyle, who's making two million less. For for better or for worse. Yeah. And then you're just back to kind of the status quo where you're anyway. And then OEL's other choice was uh, was the Canucks, which was real interesting. Because I'm thinking, all right, I know the Bruins would have to kind of move around on the cap a little bit. How in the fucking hell would he get to the Canucks, who have... Something like is it ten million in dead caps like dead cap or something like that? Oh, maybe. Let me just check because they've got the cap. Re- they've got the recapture for Luongo, which is three million. Oh, uh, I can't believe that fucking went through in it. Oh, mad. Ryan Spooner for a million. I thought they'd, I thought they had a buried contract as well. Oh, maybe that's come off the books then. Oh, okay. Oh no, sorry. I must be wrong then. I must be wrong. Still, they they're going to have issues where they've got to re-sign. Fucking hell, they're already at the point where they're <laughs> trading Brock Besser to re-sign Tyler Toffoli. <laughs> yeah. So, fucking hell, like you can't squeeze in. And and I was wrong about uh, OEL. This year was the first year of his extension, so you've got seven more years of him. So it's it's really a wash with him and him and Krug. I think I'd probably still have Ekman Larson over Tory Krug, but I might be. Might be exposing my ignorance to on the subject there. I do wonder as well if the, the Bruins are looking at it thinking, Char is gone, we need that big, you know what I mean, that fucking big unit in our defence to like... Oh, he's not, he's not a un, unit though. Well, no, I know, obviously fucking no one's Char, are they? But if, if you play a certain way and you know that that's what's helped you, you're going to look for that again, aren't you? Well, if, if that's what you're looking for, might I interest you... <laughs> In a young Finnish lad by the name of Esselindell, <laughs> who comes in cheaper than Oliver Ekman Larson. <laughs> Have you heard the name um, Jamie Alexiak by any chance? <laughs> which, I don't. Don't ja- Jamie Alexiak does a job. To be fair to him. Oh, he can stay. Okay, okay. He's on your stay list then. All right, fair enough. Fair enough. I, I mean, I don't. I don't. I'm on my. I don't know many people. I think my stay list is Mira Heiskanen, uh, Rupert Hints. Dennis Gurianov. Klingberg? And yeah, Klinger can stay. Mate, after what we said before, you know you just like I mean yeah, I guess he yeah, can you stay. Know, he, he, can, yeah, he, can, he can stay. He can he can stay. Yeah. The rest of them can fucking fuck off. <laughs> Stars have got four four keepers, that's it. The rest of them are useless. What, two fours, two D. There you go. Good five one goalie, you got a five aside team. What else do you yeah. need? <laughs> fucking set mate don't worry about it <laughs> see I, I I think OEL would be a good pick up but it, I, I, I've i got to have that up there with fucking Jack Eichel and, and John Klingberg that's just the relatively credible rumour of the day isn't it yeah that one, yeah, but that one, picked, up, that one picked up a lot of steam quickly though it, oh yeah it really has but then he's he's been on 
on the trade rumors for fucking years now at this point, hasn't he? <laughs> it was funny. Who's the guy in Arizona? The new guy? Bill Armstrong, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, I don't fucking know who he is. Yeah, the new GM. Bill Armstrong, right? You know, all right, I'll, I'll believe you. Yeah, let's go with it. I'm, I'm not going to... I'm not going to write his name down because, as far as I'm concerned, he's a fucking temp. Right? <laughs> not he's fucking a temp. interested. Same with same with fucking Kevin with a Y. Like, mate, he's there from the I've GM had, temp agency. What one thing I will give the NHL about constantly hiring uh, name brand players as GMs? Yeah. At least I give a little bit more of a shit about them than fucking Kevin from accounting and. <laughs> Bill fucking whatever his name is. Bill Roberts. <laughs> What's his name? Bill, Bill Armstrong. Bill Armstrong. Bill, Bill Roberts. Armstrong. Bill Roberts. Do you, do, you, do you know what I mean though? Like, fucking alright. It's just some, some prick in a suit. Cool. Yeah. You got a point. You got a point. I can't argue about that. I was going to say that it made me chuckle that Bill Armstrong got to Arizona and he was saying, oh, we know there's certain players we've got to keep on this team. Ekman Larson's one of them. We love him. He's great. He's going to be like the cornerstone of our defense. And it was like, it's like a week later. Oh, Ollie, mate, Ollie, fucking pack your shit. Get out. <laughs> what? Who's on your list, bruv? Who's on your list? Yeah. Where do you want to? Where do you want to go, mate? Where do you want to go? Do you know what it is? That's that's what it is for me that makes me believe this one more than others. Was that he was asked, okay, who's on your list? And at that, I think if you're asking players at that point, you know, okay, if we get something back for this that we like, then. It's 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 definitely a goer, and I was just going to say about but Vancouver then, was that yeah. what the Coyotes needed the whole time is goaltending. What's Vancouver's problem at the moment? They're going to have to sort their goalie situation out. And like he mentioned, with Seattle on the horizon, teams don't want to get caught out. You can put Markstrom hey, yeah. into that OEL package. It kind of solves two problems for you, doesn't it? Allow if you're if you're trading Ekman Larson with you. The express interest of acquiring Jacob Marks. No, no, no. I mean, no. I mean, from the Vancouver side of it, Vancouver could then say, "Well, hang on a minute. Maybe we could throw in Jacob Markstrom as well." And that makes Arizona then go, "All right, yeah, that's not a bad point because we do need a goalie, and he's a good goalie." Oh, but they, but, but he, he's perfectly fine. But he's not particularly better than Darcy Kemper or Andy Ranter on that day. Yeah, but what is he more than anything? Healthy, <laughs> healthy. That's all the Coyotes need. Yeah. They need a healthy goalie who can play fifty-five yeah, a, games. A healthy goalie who had who had one good season at thirty years old. Yeah, if but you've, if you've got the player, who who needs a new contract? Is a UFA as well? Like who's going to want money? Money. True, and he'd want like, a fucking ton of money to go to the desert, wouldn't he? I'd see, I'd sooner trade OEL to not get a fucking Jacob Marshall. <laughs> So look, give me Antoine Roussel, give me Jay Beagle, and just fuck off, Jim, all right? I want your fucking poison goalie. <laughs> poison goalie's a bit fucking much. <laughs> Mate, he's, I'll, t- I'll tell you now, fucking write this down. He's going to be fucking bobrovsky light next season. Is this is this Jordan Bennington again? In the in a year and a half, he's going to be in the AH, in back in the AHL or in the K? <laughs> You're going to have... To be fair, mate... After what happened in the playoffs this year, you might still be on for that one. I can't argue with you. I'm I'm still 100% on for Jordan Bennington. I'll I'll, I'll concede that maybe Jonathan Marshall is an okay hockey player. (laughs) He's going to stay in the NHL. Yeah. But he doesn't have to be sent to Siberia. Fucking, mate. I'm not not getting into Jordan Bennington again. 
but he's shit and he's slowly proving that he's fucking shit. And yeah, next next year Jacob Markstrom is going to be on some team for like six mil for five years and we're going to be ten games in and he's going to be fucking 870 and he's going to look shit. All right. Can't argue with you. You can't because you know it's going to be true. Yeah, I can't. Do you know what it is? I can't. I can't ever argue with you because I understand the stupidity of NHL GMs that someone's going to give him a fucking idiot deal and we're going to go, what the fuck are you doing? What have you done? Which is exactly what we did with Bobrovsky. My my stupidity is holding me back. Yeah. No, do you know what it is? It's that I I know that you're stupid, but NHL GMs are stupider than you. So I'll take you in this horse. If it's two horse race, I'm taking you, mate, over to NHL GM because they're much stupider than you are. The lesser of two idiots. Yeah, exactly. Did you see that the the, uh, the Q has changed their rules for uh, for fighting and instigating fights? No, is this is this about like suspensions and stuff for for if you instigate? Yeah, so if you're a bully, the uh, the major one was that all players involved in a fight are going to receive a ten minute misconduct and a five minute major where it was that previously players were assessed only for the five-minute major and anyone deemed to be an instigator is also going to get a two-minute minor. Now, there's loads. There is a, a big sheet of um, of rule changes that you can find. I'm not going to read them all out, but they're all there. But the interesting side from this was Isabel... I'm going to hope, I hope I pronounce her name correct. Isabel Charest, who is the minister responsible for sport in Quebec, said that the league needs to the queue needs to ban fighting she doesn't want it in it they don't want it in there they think it's bad and all this kind of thing and that we've talked about for years about how do you get fighting out of the game and because people still think it's part of the game and it should be there and all that kind of thing this has happened because the league went to the government and said we need 20 million dollars in government assistance to help cover revenue that we've lost Ah. So, Isabel Charest said, you can have that money. I'd better see some amended rules for fighting or instigating fights. And and so one other one that I've got to mention was players are automatically getting a one-game suspension after their third fight. And every time they fight after that, it's another game. And they all had to, and it was voted on because they had to pass it because they, they obviously needed the money. And I find Man, that really interesting mental. that... COVID, COVID-ridden Q, the QMJHL, COVID-ridden QMJHL is changing its stance because of uh, because of cash needs. Le- Quebec local, Quebec provincial government gives twenty million dollars to uh, to child bare knuckle boxing ring. <laughs> doesn't quite uh, doesn't quite sound very good, does it? No, it doesn't. It doesn't. That that's really interesting though. Really interesting. I wonder. But then, I don't know. Can they can they not change the rules back next season <laughs> after they got the money? It's like when Mister Burns gives that trillion dollar note to Castro. Okay, give it back. Give what back? <laughs> oh, <nuts. laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, we've had it. We've had an emergency board meeting the night before the season starts. <laughs> We've actually decided that the more fights you have, the more points in the standings you get. <laughs> Can I have my $20 million back then? Uh, no, because I've just bought a boat. So, sorry. <laughs> spent, spent it, mate. Yeah, it's all gone. It's all gone, Chief. Nothing I can do about it. That, that is interesting, though. Like, 
potentially the first domino to fall really isn't it yeah yeah i mean it's it definitely is the first domino to fall whether whether the rest of the dominoes fall because of it is another question that that is big because that's a, a really big step to towards outlaw and fighting yeah because if it's say say you are five towards like the last game of the season and you're you've had two fights you're not going to risk that third fight because you're going to get suspended. You might need to be in that game. You might you might not be able to afford for your team to be suspended for that game, so you can't fight. And that immediately Even, that immediately is changing the the narrative of like of the hockey game, basically. Definitely, but but even on like a game to game basis, five plus ten for a fight is a fucking lot. Yeah, it's a this, it's the closest thing to. Bad. The the only next step from there is is banning it. Like you know, you are getting a fucking match penalty. See you later, bruv. And a suspension or whatever. But like, yeah, five plus ten is a fucking lot. You're sitting fifteen minutes for for having a fight. Like that's that's cool. That's really fucking cool. See, and all it took was oh God, I, all it took was a, <laughs> a global pandemic. <laughs> you know, 20, 20 million twenty million quid's not even that much though. <laughs> well, as if you haven't got I, it, I wouldn't. I'm sure it is, but why, why don't they just sell someone to Everton or whatever? <laughs> you know what? For the cost of taking fighting out of the game, the fucking Q could have got James Rodriguez. <laughs> but, uh, that, that's the thing. That's the thing. I'd, uh, I'd just have spent that money elsewhere. <laughs> yeah, me too. Do you know? Um, she knows fault this. <laughs> God, you've got a good one here, aren't you? I can't. Come on, oh God. don't let me down. Don't let me down. Go on, dude. Quality one. <laughs> I think. I think it's Yannick Duplessis' fault that they <laughs> outlawed fighting. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying, Dan. I'm just saying. Oh God. One of our boys comes out as gay, and then they take fighting out of the fucking game. Oh, you fucking know it, don't you? You know it. Oh, oh Christ! Like some some fucking absolute fucking knuckle amoeba. dragger in some fucking bar in Quebec is is blaming Yannick Duplessis at this point. Oh, you fucking know it. You know it. And then and then this woman, this woman, <laughs> right? <laughs> Because you know what they're like. <laughs> there's gonna, yeah, there's gonna be some guy sat at the bar just nursing a pint, just staring into it, and some dude's gonna just be saying across the bar, "Are you okay, mate? What's up? Your, your wife left you. Your dog died. <sighs> Fucking hockey's been ruined. Fucking women and gays everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> you know it. <laughs> the women, the women and gays have stopped my children fighting. <laughs> <laughs> Oh god! You know what? I'm laughing because if I wasn't laughing, I might be crying. That's so true. Oh, it's funny because it's terrifying. It's only funny because it's definitely happening. Yeah, you know it. Fucking hell! The what's it? The women in gays have ruined talking. I knew this day was gonna come. Oh, oh fucking hell! Oh my god! <laughs> Right. I'm so glad as well. I'm so <laughs> yeah. glad. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have wanted this. This to happen any other way. Oh yeah, me neither. Ah, <laughs> oh, dear me. All right. One last very quick thing, because I forgot to ask you last week. A quick smash, cash or pash? Because I'm gonna start throwing these. In. I'm gonna start throwing these in now because I enjoy it. I've got two bands again. Smash, quickly. Cash or bash. Royal Blood. 
Oh. Do, do I have to answer that as, as they come? Sorry. Yes, yes. Oh, fucking... Wait, what's worse, Pash or Smash? Oh, for fuck's sake, well, the fucking pot plant knows the, knows the rules by now. Jesus. <laughs> Smash is bad. Know, cash is good, because it's it. cash. And then Pash means you're just not bothered. Like, I'll take a Pash. Um, Pash, because they're, they're not, like, diabolical. But, yeah, I, th- I think they're overhyped, Royal Blood. Oh, no, I'm big, so, I'm big cash. Big cash on Royal Blood. I think they're excellent. You're big cash. I haven't, I haven't listened to a lot of their stuff. But Actually, like, just quickly, I forgot to ask you. Are you one of those people who, like, you have to hear a band live to feel like, okay, this is how good they actually are, or are you not bothered? Oh, nah, nah, no, okay, okay. Fucking, fucking a music whatever. hipster. Like, like I, I've, I've, in, I've enjoyed my time with live music, but I'm not fucking fussed about going to oh, okay, fair gigs enough. nowadays. That's not my... And yeah, but most of the time, especially if it's a band that you... Like, a, a bigger band. Like, if you... I, I, th- I always think... If you see smaller bands live, that's that's a worthwhile experience. And yes. there are certain like you know, like independent underground bands, however you want to label them, that are fucking phenomenal live and can really turn you onto a band. But yeah, if you've got a band that's fucking on the radio and then you go and see them live, oh, that's never gonna be particularly good. Yeah. No, that's a good that's a good point. That's a good point. And then I always throw like a classic in as well because I like to. I've just been listening to them a lot recently. And I've been a fan for years and years and years because I'm old, but I wonder what your take was. Uh, Black Sabbath. Oh, uh, Cash. Yeah, Cash, without a doubt. Like, fucking, yeah, Sabbath. Uh, like, we, the bands that I know and love, or at least a lot of them, like, would not fucking exist without Sabbath. So, like, yeah, yeah, 100%. You, Dan, you're speaking to a to a man who, who played in a fucking pretentious post-metal band. So, <laughs> of course, I enjoy a bit of Sabbath. <laughs> like, a man, a man who, who's whose band's songwriting process was right, let's write three riffs, play them longer than we should, and then fucking, that's that. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough, mate. You never know, though. Do you know what's weird about Black Sabbath? Is I was always, for some reason, when I was a kid, and I first started understanding what people were talking about when they were, I was about eight or nine, when people around me were discussing music and stuff, they, I always thought they were like some kind of goth-inspired because I always heard the stories about Ozzy and you know, like the 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 album covers having blood on them, and even the name, you know. And there was a, uh, I'm sure, like there's an album like Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath, and stuff like that. And yeah, I was always yeah. used to be a bit, oh god, should I listen to these? Am I gonna? <laughs> if I listen to Black Sabbath, am I gonna oh, be scared? League of the Devil or scared or something? And then years later, you're just like, oh yeah, they're just this really progressive. Just really cool. Like they're so fucking. It's just a just a blues rock band. Thing, <laughs> yeah, <aren't> they? <laughs> yeah. They just stole all this blues music from like the American Deep South and just put some rock twist on it. And yeah, again, you know they're fucking they're amazing. But it was always one of those bands that kind of creep. It was like Iron Maiden, you know, like the fucking you know, Bruce the Skeleton and all that. It always used to freak me out when I was because I was like five or six, and it wasn't like you saw these bands on MTV because it wasn't even a thing. It wasn't even. You know, I, I would only see these bands on like magazine covers and stuff like that, and it was always like like leather and ripped shirts and like say like Bruce the fucking skeleton and all this kind of thing. I'd always kind of look at them a bit like ooh ooh because like a bit scared of them. <laughs> I love I love Van Halen for that. Uh, sorry, not Van Halen. Um, it's going Van Halen. Fuck! Oh, fucking completely. I've lost it. What they called? What's that band called we were just talking about? Iron Maiden. Iron Maiden. There we go. <laughs> I love Iron Maiden for that. 
<laughs> fucking early onset Alzheimer's. Fucking hell. I love Iron Maiden for that, especially because, yeah, the whole aesthetic is like, yeah, the fucking skeleton and this, that, and the other. Like, oh, this is going to be fucking mental, this. And there's just fucking hair metal. Yeah. It's basically basically the darkness. Like, <laughs> oh, mate, that's so true. That's so true. Not saying the Trooper isn't a fucking tune and, like, run to the hills and all that. They're all, they're all fantastic yeah. tunes, but, like, fuck me, mate. Like, <laughs> you know the best thing it was about, just my last thing on this, the funniest thing about Black Sabbath was, Ozzy Osbourne gets interviewed, you pick up maybe three words out of his entire sentence, put him on a stage, clear as anything, like beautiful, amazing voice. Yeah, get him an interviewed afterwards backstage, and like, what the fuck did he just say? I've got no idea. shut <laughs> on. Like, what? And then get him on stage, and he's just like, but and you're like, oh, this dude's a really good singer. Fucking is mad. Fucking absolutely having it. Having it. It's, uh, did, did you hear that old thing about like people running out screaming from Black Sabbath concerts because they were so fucking? Yes, that, dark. That, like, like I said to you, when I was a kid, because again, I'm nearly forty, so I was around like when I was like really young when they were kind of at the tail end, and my family because my mum was my mum was a goth, and her sister Jane, my auntie Jane was a goth, so they were into all of that music. So all I would hear about is, oh, did you hear about the Sabbath concert in fucking Detroit? Oh, there's people fainting. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, like, what are they talking about? This is crazy. You know, and, oh, and then Ozzy, you know, he fucking bites the head off a fucking bat on, st- on stage. And you're like, what is happening? Like, what am I hearing? Like, these are insane. Yeah, exactly. But then there's no, like, I can't go on the internet the next day because it's like 1987 <laughs> and type in, is this bullshit? Like, what, what really happened? Oh, there was one person who fainted because they didn't have enough fucking water. That was it. I, no, I, I don't know. Mate, Ozzy Osbourne does, like, the most metal thing, for, arguably the most metal thing ever, Gigi Allen excluded, of biting the head off a bat. <laughs> and then they just fucking go into, like, it's so true. All due respect to Iron Man as a tune, but like it's not fucking. I, I, I feel like we've evolved a little bit past Black Sabbath being a heavy band. Yeah, it's true. You have, you have. But I'm sure, I'm sure, because there's obviously bands that I like that have that kind of that kind of imagery and stuff like that. I was watching a Bring Me the Horizon video the other week, and it's the newest one. I think it's, is it called Virus or something like that. But in the video, oh, couldn't couldn't tell you. Yeah, it, but in the video they're kind of like zombified and stuff and i didn't think about it because to me it's just a music video but george was kind of looking at it like the fuck is like what is this and i know that at some point george is going to remember back and think god that band like yeah but they're just a band it's not it's not anything but you don't know that when you're a kid do you you don't you know you don't realize no like like the uh, and just little things like that can that can really stick with you yeah yeah Definitely. Like, that could easily become in, become something that when she's, like, 10, it just snowballs in her own brain and she thinks back to it. It's like, oh, my dad was watching that music video and they were, like, people cutting each other's heads off and stuff. Like, Yeah. But it's just a music oh, they're video. Like the most, they're the most metal band ever. It's Bring Me The Horizon. She fucking checks out on her fucking brain Google. It's like, I don't know, just a bunch of, just a bunch of fucking emos. <laughs> yeah. Just a bunch of emos from England. That's, that's all they were. Anyway. Alrighty, 
There we go. You know what? Let's have one quick last look at Twitter to see if anything has happened. <laughs> see, if, see if anything's happened. Just it's just terrible. I did have a. I'll, I'll give a shout out to Damien Cox for um, never disappointing with his horrendous takes. Oh, Congratulations, yeah. Mr. Cox. Fantastic work as always from Mr. Cox. Yeah. Nope. Nothing. Nope. Nothing. Terrible. A shout out. <laughs> Speaking of uh, journalists and their takes, shout out Steve Simmons who is still fully all in on let's make everyone hate me as much as possible for criticising the Leafs, as he's already penned the the John Tavares contract. Here's why it was bad article. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think fucking, came out yesterday? Power, power to him. Yeah, good power on him. Power to him. There's got to be some some level of like self-awareness there where it's like, well, this is, this is the role I play. Oh, yeah. Oh, and, he, carry on. and he hates Kyle Dubas. Like, he hates him. <laughs> Oh yeah, of course he does. Did you did you ever hear the um when he went on the Steve Dangle podcast like a bunch of years ago? No, mate, dig that out because because it's 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 genuine. Steve Simmons live in the studio with Steve Dangle and, and Adam Wild and, and Jesse Blake. Shout out to Big Jesse, and like they're just having the most exacerbated conversation with him, like largely around analytics, and it's it's beautiful because like it's so real and it's just. Uh, like it just exposes how much of a fucking idiot he is. Go and check it out because it's fucking beautiful. There we go. Some homework for everybody. All right. There you go. Let's go. Enjoy that. Will, any last words? The the Tampa Bay Lightning are bootlickers for posing for a photo with Gary Bettman. <laughs> and that's all I'd say about that. Fair enough. There we go. Take care, folks. We'll talk to you next week. Peace.